Welcome to Luke 21 Radio, a broadcast explaining biblical prophecy in the tradition of St. Augustine. And now, from Greenville, South Carolina, here's your host, Steve Wood. Hello, this is Steve Wood, and welcome to Luke 21 Radio. Today, we're taking a serious look at the Great Tribulation in Revelation chapter 7. When we get to Revelation 7:14, we find the explicit mention of the Great Tribulation. John asked, seeing this great multitude, who are these folks? And he said to me, these are they who have come out of the Great Tribulation. Now, the question is this, is the Great Tribulation something in the past? Is it something that happened in 70 AD when the Romans invaded and destroyed Jerusalem? Or is it something that will occur in the future? Or is it some combination of both of these views? The past view or the historical only view is technically called the Preterist School. It's very popular among some bright Catholic interpreters, and you'll hear them say something like, there may be some future interpretation regarding and a certain aspect of the book of Revelation, particularly the Great Tribulation, but then they'll skip to historical-only interpretation and comments. In other words, they'll kind of cover their bases, but that's it. You're not going to really see any explanation for that. Here is something for you to digest if you're really serious about understanding the book of Revelation, and it's this. The overall perspective on Revelation is critically important for understanding it properly. And hear this. It's much more important to get the overall perspective than to know what all the details are about, because the details fit into one of these schools, past, future, or some combination of both. If you want to really dig into this, today's broadcast is episode 86. You might give it a second pass and listen to the podcast, and then also episodes 44, 47, 49, and 82. That's an hour and 15 minutes. Again, if you're serious about the book of Revelation, get the overall perspective. Now, it's always good to trace where a concept comes from. Most of St. John's concepts in the book of Revelation come from somewhere in the Old Testament, particularly books like Ezekiel and Daniel. In Daniel chapter 12, the first verse is the origin of the idea of a time of great distress or great tribulation. Daniel 12 and verse 1 says, At that time Michael shall arise, the prince who is in charge of your people, and there shall be a time of trouble such as never has been since there was a nation till that time a time of great trouble. And most serious scholars recognize that the mention by Jesus of the Great Tribulation in the Gospels, the mention of St. John of the Great Tribulation in Revelation 7, finds its origin in Daniel chapter 12. Now, 
just remember when Daniel wrote chapter 12, there was no such thing as chapter divisions. In other words, the paragraph before in Daniel chapter 11 would flow right into Daniel chapter 12. Right before this mention of this great time of trouble, this great tribulation, it speaks in Daniel 11 about a wicked figure that most interpreters realize is talking about Antiochus Epiphanes, who was a tyrant, a Hellenistic tyrant, who fiercely persecuted the Jews, and all this led to the Maccabean Revolt in 168 BC, and that's recorded for us in the book of Maccabees. Now, when Jesus talks about the Great Tribulation in Matthew 24, he's referring back to Daniel chapter 12. But Daniel chapter 12, in its context, is talking about Antiochus Epiphanes. So he's using a past event that occurred in 168 BC to predict something that will happen in 70 AD. So my point is this, Jesus himself, in a prophetic passage, uses a double fulfillment of Daniel's prophecy. Do you see this? Historically, it was to be about Antiochus Epiphanes, but yet Jesus, in the historical application, was talking about the destruction of Jerusalem in 70 AD by the Romans, and as we went through the Gospels, many people feel that the destruction of Jerusalem by the Romans was also indicative of something yet future to come. In other words, if Daniel 12 can be used twice, could it be used three times? Pope Benedict XVI thinks so. He says this, the judgment announced by the Lord Jesus referred above all to the destruction of Jerusalem in the year 70. In other words, that's the historical or the preterist, but he doesn't get stuck there. But the threat of judgment also regards us. So in other words, Pope Benedict saw that its primary historical application is absolutely rooted in 70 AD, but yet it has a present day application and obviously a future one as well. I mentioned to you how important it is just to study the catechism of the Catholic Church. And if you want to know the answer from the Catechism of the Catholic Church, the big question regarding the Great Tribulation, is it past, future, or somehow both? In other words, is there a future aspect to it? The Catechism in section 1296 says this, the promise of divine protection in the great eschatological trial. It was talking about the sealing of the Holy Spirit, the sealing on the foreheads that is mentioned in Revelation chapter 7 is a promise of divine protection in a great eschatological trial. It's not a promise of divine protection in a great historical trial, 70 AD. It's a great eschatological trial. Now, why do I emphasize so much paragraph 1296? Because of the prophetic sections in the Catechism of the Catholic Church, and there's several, 
1296 gives a footnote scripture reference to Revelation chapter 7 and Revelation chapter 9, the sealing of God's people before the great eschatological trial. Another important paragraph of the Catechism, section 675, before Christ's second coming, the church must pass through a final trial. That's exactly what Daniel was talking about, what Jesus was prophesying. Does that say there wasn't any application to 70 AD? No, not at all. Saying it's both. There's both historical and a future application. And when the catechism says before Christ's second coming, it doesn't say before 70 AD or something like that. No, it's before the final coming of Christ. And then finally, Catechism 677 says, the church will enter the glory of the kingdom only through this final Passover, this final unleashing of evil. And this is what the book of Revelation is talking about. This is what Revelation chapter 7 is talking about. Here's a modern commentator, Robert Mounts. He says, It is that specific period of distress and cruel persecution which will take place prior to the return of Christ. And then he correctly says, prophesied by Daniel 12.1 and reflected on the screen of history at the fall of Jerusalem, it finds its fulfillment in that final persecution. Now, here's a comment. And I really, this is, this, is, this is important. This is from Bishop Andrew of Caesarea, and he wrote a commentary on the complete book of Revelation and is the oldest Greek patristic commentary on the apocalypse. And most Eastern, our Orthodox friends, uh, Christian commentators on the book of Revelation draw very heavily on his work, and here's why. His most important contribution to the study of Revelation, not only his good and godly comments, was that he preserved many of the existing Eastern traditions regarding Revelation, both the oral traditions and the written traditions that we no longer have access to. So he wrote this commentary in 611. So right off the bat, His commentary is about 1,400 years closer to the time it was taught and written by St. John than the latest book you're going to find off the internet that somebody's making wild predictions or even a scholarly Catholic one. Why not go back to 611? And why not go back even further because Andrew, Bishop Andrew of Caesarea, would take then these earlier traditions regarding the book of Revelation that we no longer have. And it's interesting as well. I have a set called the Ancient Christian Commentary Series, and it takes all of the church fathers through different books of the New Testament. And when it comes to Revelation, they organize the entire commentary of all the church fathers using Andrew's outline of the book of Revelation. And this is what he said regarding the Great Tribulation in Revelation chapter 7, and I quote, Although these things are thought by some to have occurred long ago to the Jews at the hands of the Romans, 
He was not ignorant of the preterist position in 611. He goes on, he says, how much more will these things occur at the coming of the Antichrist? And not only partially in the land of the Jews, but over the whole world at whose four corners the angels, the angels of Revelation 7, stand fulfilling a service assigned to them by God. So you see, he recognizes that Revelation 7, not only the Gospels about the Great Tribulation, not only Daniel 12 about the time of great distress, but also Revelation 7 has application to what happened to the Jews at the hands of the Romans, but then he, he doesn't get stuck there like so many do today. And this is why you need the overall perspective of the book of Revelation. Again, you can get the current, hottest, latest, most popular, most scholarly contemporary work, but I like old stuff as well. And by the way, you can get his commentary. It's kind of pricey. It's from published by the Catholic University of America. It's about $40, but I think old stuff is kind of worth a lot, particularly when he says, how much more will these things occur at the coming of the Antichrist? And not only partially in the land of the Jews, but over the whole world, at whose four corners the angels stand, fulfilling a service assigned to them by God. Is the Great Tribulation past? Yes. Is the Great Tribulation future? Yes. And I'm not contradicting myself because it's both. I'm Steve Wood, your host, and you've been listening to episode 86 of Luke 21 Radio. Luke 21 is a radio outreach of Family Life Center International. To learn more about biblical prophecy and to order copies of Luke 21 broadcasts, visit us online at luke21.com.